Welcome back, everybody. This is Press for Time and Gaming H Podcast. Tonight, you have me, Tyler Nethers, and as always, Mr. Benny Rose. I'm sunburned. I'm sunburned. Yeah. <laughs> Tell everybody about what you were doing today, Benny. Today, I was out with the family, went to a zoo, got sunburned. Got sunburned. <laughs> You ever see that movie, uh, We Bought a Zoo? Nope, can't say that I have. Actually, not a terrible movie. I gotta look that up. Yeah. I'll take your word for it. Not terrible. It's a good It's a good wife movie. Alright. Well, you gotta do those every once in a while. Yep. <laughs> and if I had to pick one, that's not a bad one. Cool, man. Oh, sweet I'll it up to you, man. I'll yeah. I'll say you first. How, yeah. you, how you doing? Good, quite, man. Quite the time. Yep, it's been very, very busy. It has been very busy. It's been two weeks since we were able to sit down and record, which feels like forever. Um, we apologize. We we miss you guys. This is, it's been rough for us to not, you know, have shows lined up, and you know, just a little bit on the backside. You know, just we've tried, and days after days after days, we just have issues, whether it be a technical issue. You know, life getting in the way, just the epitome of press for time. You know, it's just, we want to do it. We don't want you to think that we forgot about the show, but just, you know, it's it's a challenge when we're doing this on our own, you know, with our own equipment, our own, you know, two bucks, three bucks that we're putting into it, you know, like as far as equipment and whatnot. I mean, we don't have a traditional studio. Like it's, I think it's important to note stuff like that because you know in the grand scale of things we want to be able to have this be more than it is you know but we have to start somewhere and you know with us being in two states it's extremely challenging to you know get this to work the right way pretty much within the last 10 minutes we've had some technical issues again just trying to get everything where it needs to be but we're here we're back we hope not to have another you know uh delay of coverage and today's going to be a little bit different too we're not gonna kind of go with you know traditional gaming news and stuff like that we're gonna just pick like one or two topics and just kind of focus on that yeah it's gonna be a very laid-back show tonight uh we just wanted to get something out there for you guys so that we were still still making content you didn't think that we'd forgotten you uh, I spent my entire evening today, once I got home, getting my Vive all set up, and my cameras screwed into the walls and everything else. Um, congrats on that. I know you've been waiting uh, quite some time to get that in the mail. Oh, yeah. That's going to be exciting. I was stoked. UPS made me wait until 6.42. They said it was out for delivery and it should be delivered by noon. 6.42 it was delivered. Good lord. Nice was, big ass box, right? Oh, big ass box. Now you said you got it from GameStop, right? I did. Do they just not carry it in the store anymore? I they guess? do they do carry it in the store. I went to pick one up in the store and there was an issue processing I had an online um visa card basically. Right. Like like a gift card. Um and GameStop no longer has the ability to manually input credit card information at the registers in store. Interesting. Very interesting, and it was disappointing. So, I had to order one, 
and have it shipped to me. Got it. Which took quite some time. It did. But, hey, here we are. Now, did you get to play it is the most important. It's I great did. that you set it up and everything. I did play it a little bit. Well, what'd you, what'd you play? That's what I need to know. I jumped into the lab, which I love, and uh, did... Uh, don't let me, I don't want to butcher the name, so give me one second. Well, while you're looking that up, I'm going to throw out. We spoke about it, I believe, either the last uh, episode or the one before. There was a PSVR game that I was telling everybody was a cool game. And just for whatever reason, the name, the name wasn't cool enough to stick into my brain that day. But ultimately, the game is the Brookhaven Experiment. And that game was actually the vibe where I played it the first time. My wife, actually, uh, I let her check out the vibe. And she's not a gamer, but she is now 100% sold on it. And she said, you need to go find me because she's a horror buff. She said, you need to find me the Brookhaven Experiment. Look at that. So, Steam sale. Give her a high five when, when you see her next for me. $8 $8 bills on Steam sale. Let's go. That's awesome. Cool. Yeah, it's a it's a really really cool um, you know, it's it's not a game that I would traditionally play. Like if it was a non-VR game, it would like not appeal to me, but it's just it fits the intensity and the the the, the, the tenseness of survival horror in the sense of, you know, you're literally in this little area you can't really go anywhere. And you're just fighting waves, waves of monsters and like and zombies and whatnot. But just the fact that you can like go down on one knee, you can lean behind stuff, you know, and they're all around you. So like you have to really pay attention with your headphones because you'll be firing at three or four guys in front of you and to the left of you, and then they start coming from behind you and you don't even realize it. And sometimes you'll turn around and they're right in your face and it just it scares the bejesus out of you. Well, it is now downloading. Look at that. See? So we'll have to discuss that on the next show on what you you think of that game. Yeah, definitely. as well as your wife. That'll definitely be cool. Oh, yeah. Um, Richie's... uh, Richie's... Where'd it go? Where'd it go? Richie's Plank Experience is what I got. Richie's Planking Experience? Plank Experience. So you walk out on a plank over the city... In right. skyscrapers. I was about to say, they're making a VR game about planking. I don't know if that's safe. <laughs> <laughs> just like lean, you just lean your pressure, lean the pressure of your, your VR headset on the floor and just lay there and just hope for the best. Yeah. Cool. Well, I'm, I'm really glad you like it. And I hope to be able to get one one day. You know, I'm sure you remember I told you I, I ended up reviewing it for Gaming Age. Yeah. It, HTC was really kind enough to send a loaner out which i'm very thankful for you know i had it for almost two months and it was a great experience i mean the thing is huge like you said you know the box and everything like that the setup is intense i'm in a very small apartment so i couldn't you know get the sensors where they really needed to be i kind of had them on like my dvd rack and on like my uh i have like a baseball bat uh display that has Disney Infinity and Amiibo figures in there. Like I had that one of them hanging on there and just it it just worked. I just made 
enough space to you know create that zone when you're when you're setting it up i guess yeah. how little my apartment is for that type of setup but you know hopefully down the line i think that htc is coming out with kind of like a standalone headset you know either this year or next year so i'll have to check that out and see you know how much cheaper and how good the value is as far as like you know the experience but i can tell you, know, you i also they're um their little headphones, like their little earbuds that they right. send with the Vive are the best earbuds I've ever used. Yes, they really are. And I'm not an earbud guy because... Neither am I. I hate ultimately, them. Ultimately, yeah, they don't stay in my ears. That's right. my issue. <laughs> and so, these ones, this one worked great. Right. And today being kind of like, for us, like kind of a bootleg setup where like I can't really record in the house like i don't have my traditional setup i'm using the apple headphones right now and they're the only other headphones that stay in my ear which is crazy so i'm very thankful for that because yeah. ultimately we we would kind of be at a standstill because once again as i mentioned my ac is out again these guys came to the house and uh got it working and then like two days later they came back apparently they forgot to do something and it just stopped working so yeah we're back in the the heat again so that's been fun yeah that sucks dude yeah well hopefully it'll stay a little cooler you know for the next couple of days until these guys find parts for our ancient uh ancient system in the house yeah but uh. let's, let's let's discuss what we've been wanting to discuss for about two weeks which is the nintendo switch and it actually it's funny because it goes back to our test pilot episode that we never aired which pretty much had a big focus on the nintendo switch and you know i think it's important that we discuss it because with e3 and everything else we've talked about a lot of nintendo a lot of you know a lot of sony a lot of but we haven't really talked about the hardware and like the games that are existing we've been talking about like you know mario odyssey and you know stuff that's to come yeah so we're both switch owners, you know. So, what do you want? To, what do you want to touch on first? To me, it's just the fact. I mean, I was saying this today. I had to unplug the dock to get the Vive all set up, and I'm gonna redock it upstairs because I don't ever play it docked. It is right. the most comfortable handheld I have ever owned, and I've owned all of them. I've owned, I mean, all the way back. So. PlayStation, Nintendo, everything that's had a handheld, I've had one. And the Switch is just, hands down, the most comfortable, easiest to use handheld. So whenever I play it, I'm playing it in handheld mode, even if the TV's available. I prefer it in my hand. Right. That's good. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, I think the majority of the people I know and friends that I see regularly that you know literally have their switches with them most of them don't even have probably never even set up the dock one time yeah so like for example you know this past weekend i was at a video game convention in oaks pennsylvania called too many games and pretty much you know traditionally in the past uh i used to vend there so basically i'd have a table with a couple of friends you know sell some old games that I have lying around the house and whatnot, make, make some bucks. But at the same time, a couple of years ago, I got one of our uh, Gaming Age's first interviews, which was from uh, one of the members from Inti Creates, 
during the time when Bloodstain was just getting uh, through the Kickstarter and uh, Mighty Number no. 9 wasn't getting shit on. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a good time where I was able to kind of like do both. But, you know, like I said, this weekend was centric around kind of meeting up with friends that I haven't, you know, really been able to spend time with uh, in quite some time, including my former partner from uh, my webcomic. And uh, he's the artist, uh, Ace Soltis Art Creations. He basically does crazy zombie amiibos. He does um, watercolor paintings. He does a lot of splatter art style paintings. So he's been doing the cons, you know, even in my absence. So it was cool to kind of get back to that. But just the thing that was really cool about the weekend was it was four of us, two tables, two, two to a table, and we all had our switches. Everybody had a switch. And everybody was like, did anybody bring a dock? Because everybody's like, we don't use the dock. So one person brought a dock, and it looked like I'm the only one out of everybody that actually uses the dock on the TV. So the second night we were there, you know, we were chilling in the room and whatnot, and we decided we were going to play some uh, arms, Mario Kart and stuff. I'm the one playing on the TV. Everybody's like, well, why don't you just play in the handout? I'm like, ah, I like playing on the TV. It's, I'm kind of weird like that. <laughs> so it's funny that you say, like, you know, you, you prefer the handheld. All these guys do. I don't mind it. You know, like, again, when I've used it during my work commute, I'm using a handheld. But when I'm home, I like the idea of kind of using my Pro Controller. That's the biggest reason because I really, really – the Pro Controller is, like, in my top three – uh, most comfortable controllers of all time. And that's weird coming from a Nintendo controller because I know Nintendo controllers are something that a lot of people really enjoy, but their controllers have always been hit or miss, you know, because their designs are always so gradually different. Yeah, and I really didn't like the Wii U Pro Controller. I did not like it at all, at all because of the analog placement. But there's something about the the design that just fits right in your hands. I mean, I, I like the Joy-Cons too. So like there was points where like, you know, the system's docked on the unit and I didn't have my Pro. I just had my, you know, my Joy-Cons sans the uh, middle dock because I don't really carry that thing. So, I mean, overall, yeah, there, it really is a comfortable system, but it's just funny how it's really supposed to be a home console, but it's really winning in the world of, of portability. You know, and they're still pumping out and having a big focus on the 3DS. Yeah. So yeah, what do you I don't think know. about that? You have, you have this portable system, but then, you know, the company says that they're still going to pledge their dedication to the 3DS. How do you feel? Like, do you think that, hey, like with a lot of these 3DS games that are like, let's say, geared for people like us, should they port them? Should they have them available for kind of both systems, you know, or just kind of keep everything separate the way that they've been doing. I think both systems. I think they really need to start doing both. I understand that they're trying to get after that install base from the 3DS, but I think releasing on both simultaneously would be the smarter way to do it. Agreed. And, I mean, at the end of the day, they're not losing money. Right. True, true, true. Now, is there any 3DS games that, like, you really hoped or wished or even now saying like, hey, you just announced this game. would love it on the Switch versus 3DS. Nothing that I can think of now off the top of my head. Um, but I'm sure that if I sat and looked at a list of 3DS games, there's something that I wish was on the Switch. 
Right. Uh, I got you. I mean, I know that Paul had mentioned uh, a game or two recently. Unfortunately, I can't remember which ones, but he was just like, why don't they just put them on the Switch? Like, why would you just, why would you put them on the 3DS at this point? And it's really, it's a good question in that sense. It's like you have the system that's capable of doing both. You know, do you think that it's because they know that they don't have near as many uh, Switch consoles out there yet because of, you know, lack of availability? Do you think that they're going to wait for time? You know, or do you think that it's just Nintendo being Nintendo? I think it's just Nintendo being Nintendo, to be honest with you. I hate to say it, but... I agree. <laughs> yeah. Just, they're just one of those companies. They kind of, you love them. You've always loved them. You always have a very special place in your heart for them, but they're always making you go, what do you, what were you thinking? Like what? Uh, it's Nintendo. Yeah. You know, they, just, they make the weirdest decisions with stuff. And I don't know. It's just, it, they're the only company that really has a track record that has continuously done that. You know, they'll just, put out weird content or they just they'll give us lackluster information on stuff that you know is like you know this is what people want yet you don't provide it you know perfect example the whole virtual console thing how long does it take you know just this is just coming from somebody that's not considering what it takes to you know create this infrastructure on the switch that has such a minimal UI to begin with, you know, what does it take to get virtual console working on there? You know, let alone uh, Wii U games, you know, potential Wii games, because you have the motion controls there. So you just, you open the opportunity to have your system play just about anything. Yeah. You know, like what, what does it take? You know, like they, they staggered on the, release of the you know premium service they pushed it to 2018 and it's just like we've gotten next to nothing as far as content when it comes to the system not games you know just like there's no netflix there's no multimedia you know applications yeah granted most people don't need that stuff but it's nice to have the opportunity especially when you're on the go with something like that yeah and now that you have netflix giving the ability to download uh, certain you know shows or movies so you can watch them you know locally without internet like it's a no-brainer you know i know that that's not nintendo's priority and again we're just kind of you know beating a dead horse with it but it's just i don't get it you know it's just such simple stuff and you know nintendo ha- there's they can be potentially sitting on a blank check at all times yeah just from the just from the the content you know, as far as on the software and that they have, they have such a catalog that, you know, goes back to the eighties. They can, they print money when they just re-release Mario. Super Mario well, I mean, Lewis just look at the way things are going with the, the SNES mini. Oh, here we go. Yeah. That's, that's a whole nother. We can definitely talk about that because that, you know what that's going to be. Well, I mean, why, why does it, why does it have to just be the SNES mini? They could, come out and say, hey, you know what? We understand this is what people want, so if you don't want to pay for the mini, pay $80, you have all those games on your Switch. Yep, pretty much. Or or if they, you know, look, Nintendo is always uh, big on 
gimmicks, having some time of, of gimmick. You know, all right, fine. I'll, I'll meet you halfway. So here's what we do. We will put out a tabletop box, kind of like a Roku, whatever it may be. And the whole purpose of that is to stream virtual console games. No other purpose. I think people will lose their minds for the opportunity to have something like that. Yeah, it would, maybe, it does, maybe it looks like an NES Classic or it looks like uh, an SNES Classic. Or it's just something that is just a design that is just reminiscent of Nintendo. But it's just, hey, here is, you know, 30 plus years of content on a box. You pay monthly or yearly for done. But, you know, the problem with that is they look at it as, hey, you know what? We want to get hardware out there. We want to build excitement. I think they build excitement, but I think, you know, it would lose interest in the sense of it wouldn't be getting talked about. And that's where Nintendo seems to, you know, take a big focus. They're like, hey, you know what? We're the, t- we're the talk of the town right now. Yeah, people are shitting on us, but they're talking about us. They're saying, hey, we put out, you know, an awesome SNES Mini, but nobody could buy it. But they're still talking about us. Right. Know? It's just a weird way to see, you know, from, from, from the outside what that business perspective looks like. It is a really strange way to, like, build buzz. Right, totally. And, I mean, let's just think about how, how last year went with the NES uh, Mini. You know, it was, a, it was a train wreck in the sense of how, do you, how did they say that they mistook, you know, the demand? They, they had no idea that the demand was going to be as high as it was. You know, yeah, that it goes seems back ridiculous. to what I said before. You, they put Super Mario Brothers on any platform, any time, any price, and it will sell. They can make it an iOS game. It's Super Mario Brothers, first one only, $9.99, no ads. You know how people will buy it? It'll be, it'll be the top ad because it's Super Mario Brothers. Yes, people will bitch that it's $10, but they're going to bitch and they're going to still hit purchase. Yeah, you know, and and that's the power of Nintendo, and that's the stuff that just it doesn't make sense. You know, the other factor to think about with the SNES Mini is there's only 21 games on it. They're they're ROMs, right? <laughs> it doesn't. You know, maybe maybe it's a licensing thing. Who knows? But you know, they could have put more Nintendo licensed stuff on there. They put a lot of third party stuff. You know, I'm sure they have some deals with some of those companies. You know. It's cool, yeah, you're getting Star Fox 2 for the first time unless you were, you know, downloading it for the last 10 years. But what about all these other games that, you know, the SNES was known for? Even within the first, uh, let's say, three months of the system coming out, that system had so many games, you know, that they could have put on there. But you're going to put, and you're going to charge more, less games, Second controller, big, big deal, you know. Yeah. Again, again, I'm complaining about it, but who's gonna be buying it? We are. Yeah, everybody. We can get our hands on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Anybody that can get it is gonna be buying it. Right. You know, and it's crazy because it's it's an artificial demand, and I think they're really concerned that if they put out a hundred thousand of these things, that they're gonna sit on shelves. 
and they forget they're Nintendo. Most, I would say, 85% of their product that's on shelves doesn't stay on the shelves. Yeah. You know, like your Animal Crossing Amiibos are the exception. Your fifth and sixth wave of Amiibo that you decided to put out after everybody was pissed off that you didn't meet the demand, sitting on the shelves. But other than that, everything was always artificial. You know, they'd always find a way to, you know, put out just enough, mm-hmm. just enough to make the, sh- the shelves bare and make people go, must have it, must have it, must have it. You know, that it's Amiibo just... craze a couple of years ago was a, was a nightmare. Well, it's just the magic of Nintendo. This is true. And I mean, that's the only way I to guess. put it. It's just, it's something that they have. That other companies don't have yet. I mean, no, nobody else has that same power. No matter what they've done, no matter how bad, no matter how terrible people thought the Wii U was, which I didn't hate it, but um, no matter how upset people were about that and how much they didn't like it, as soon as Nintendo said, hey, we're doing something new, everybody rallied behind it before they even knew what it was. Right. Agreed. Nintendo has just earned that over literal a literal lifetime of good content creation. Now the problem is, you know, are they going to continue to do it? Even though it's quote unquote, well, you know, it's earned and deserved and stuff like that. You know, you have a, you have a console that again, goes by Nintendo standards in the sense of it's not more powerful than anything else in the market, but it's the most innovative. Yeah. It sticks out. It doesn't try to be like anybody else. And that's how uh, Nintendo stuff's always been. Right. And that's usually how it sells. But at the same time, let's talk about the Achilles heel of any game console. What is the one thing that will make or break a game console? Install base. What else? There's, there's one particular thing. Uh, that's, you know, third-party support. That's it. That's it. If you don't have software coming out, whether yourself or third party, you are going to fail. Your hardware can be the best thing since sliced bread. And we've had we've had some amazing hardware over the years that has staggered simply from lack of third party support and lack of first party content. You know, yeah. the Dreamcast, the Dreamcast was a perfect example of a system that was short-lived that could have done so much more in the time frame. And what happened? The, the games just stopped coming. Right. You know, Nintendo 64, games just stopped coming. And you know, you know what's funny? That's, I'm starting to, I'm starting to get a little nervous for Microsoft. I and mean, we talked about this with E3 and everything else, but um, is, it's not like a third-party support, but they're, they're the opposite, basically. Nintendo is all first party. Microsoft is leaving first party. So, right. I don't know. You know, and, and that's that's another concern. And I want, if you want us, we can stay on Nintendo a little bit. We can segue briefly and just talk about Microsoft because I think it's important to acknowledge the elephant in the room with the Xbox One S X. I say X. S, yeah. You know, there's so many letters in here that. You know, we kind of just went full 360 at this point, as everybody says on the internet. You have this amazing 
hardware that they hyped everybody for. And then when they announced it, there's no games yeah. for it. Not showing <laughs> like, off any software to go along with it. I mean, do we think that this is kind of uh, a piece of hardware to, like they say, pave the way for this new technology, this new um, way of business for them in the sense of, hey, we're ending the console cycle. But do you think that they'll eventually say maybe in a year or two, hey, we're going to start putting out Xbox One X exclusive games, meaning they do not work on any of the other systems, but your system will still play everything else. Or do you think that this system is literally going to be what they sold it to us at E3, which is the King of Kings in the Xbox One family. You know, this is the, the Tesla of, of Xbox consoles. Yeah, you can play everything else. That's great, you know, because who doesn't have, you know, to me, if you're an Xbox person or you're a hardcore gamer, in a sense, you have an Xbox One and an Xbox One S already. So, you know, even being somebody that I somewhat care about 4K, I'm not highly invested in it. I do have a 4K TV, you know, I kind of purchased that for the sense of future-proofing. But, um, you know, I can, I can watch 4K Blu-rays on my Xbox One S. I yeah. can play certain, certain games in 4K. What am I missing other than it looking a little prettier? You know, it goes back to something you said, which is playing a PC then. Right. And now there's really, not only is there no incentive for anybody because there's no first-party titles coming out, but anything they do release that's first-party is going to be available on the PC. Right. They're really, for them, there truly is no more uh, console exclusive. No. What is What does that do to, you know, the console gamer that's never going to be a PC gamer? How do they feel about, you know, they've always ran the hype train. They always said, hey, Microsoft's got the best exclusives, console only, you know. Yeah. There was a point where I used to be able to have a contest with people at GameStop, and I'd be like, I'll give you 10 bucks if you can name one Xbox 360 game that never got ported to the PC. Yeah. And I, I, I never gave, I, uh, I never gave uh, $10 away because nobody could pick a game out. One person kept fighting with me and kept saying Original Dead Rising, and they truly believed that it was on PC at some point. I said, they, did, they never made it. And, you know, now we can say that it's on, you know, multi-platform, but that was one of the few games even right. back then. So it goes to show you that even though they've had, you know, console exclusives, most of them ended up making their way to a PC at some point. Yeah. So, you know, Sony is really where it's at in the sense of that, plus obviously Nintendo, because you're pretty much never going to see a Nintendo game on any other console. So, you know... What do we think, Mike? What is Microsoft thinking? You know, do, do we think that this is a strategy for them to focus on hardware versus software? You know, like and just kind of be a system that you know will support whatever third-party companies come their way. To me, it feels like they're going to be alienating their biggest fans. Right. And, and, I would, and that's I just like they started that already. You know, don't you think? Yeah. 
because you're one of them. You 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 had an Xbox. Yeah, I was Xbox for life, man. And what happened? You sold your system, right? Sold it. Built a PC. You know, and it's what would what would what would it take to bring you back? That's that's a good question. I think. The, uh, to be honest, they would have to go back to having exclusive games that I can't get on my PC. And they have to be more than one, one, two games, right? Yeah, Obviously. it'd have to be like a PlayStation. Where I'm sitting here looking at Horizon Zero Dawn and Uncharted and Infamous, and we've got Spider-Man coming and God of War and Bloodborne, The Last of Us. I mean, these are console-selling titles. And you can keep going, which is funny because you have games, you know, all the way to potentially 2019. You know, if we think about the scale of stuff that is, you know, in development, production, whatever it may be that will never go past Sony's uh, console. Yeah. And now I'm thinking, now that I have the Vive, I, I may invest and get a PlayStation VR because there are some PSVR exclusives that look really cool. Right. I mean, personally, <laughs> I'll tell you to kind of hold your money until maybe a clearance because I, I was one of those that kind of jumped on the hype train with that. And literally, I can tell you that the PSVR has not been turned on since probably, I'm going to be generous and I'm going to say February. <laughs> Number one reason was I was having a lot of problems with the PlayStation 4 Pro because of the having to remove the cable and using different HDMIs with, uh, when you have a TV that has HDR because it doesn't support it. Gotcha. I'm kind of... I'm kind of getting to a point where, like, hey, HDR is not the end of the world. Like, I can play without it. You know, the games look great even in 4K. So, and even 1080p, I'm okay with that. So I might just kind of turn the HDR off because ultimately, for me, the HDR is more visible in a movie right now. Yeah. And, like, and a lot of the games that are HDR compatible for PS4, I've kind of played already. So I might just do that and kind of blow the dust off of it. But the biggest reason was... Um, I was hoping to get a, a review code for um, Arizona Sunshine, but they haven't gotten back to me. That's one. Two, I'm not hearing anything good about this game, which, <laughs> really concerns, which concerns me. I mean, you can get it on the Vive, but when I had the Vive, that was a game that I really wanted to play. Like, it looked like it'd be a lot of fun, but apparently the PSVR version is not getting high praise. Yeah, so, it's, it's very well spoken of on Steam. Yeah, I mean, it, it got awards, so I don't know if it's just that the PSVR can't handle it, or if just the game didn't port well, you know, so, but as far as, like, exclusives, there wasn't anything that was, like, a must-have on the PSVR, uh, yeah. other than, well, Resident Evil 7, because it, it is a timed VR exclusive, that was a really awesome experience, um, doing that with the VR candle was crazy. It was it was it was something else. It was just like you know, it was all gimmicky, but it worked. You know? Right. So I think that was literally the last thing I played on the PSVR with Resident Evil back in end of January, February. So, so I would hold off. I would invest your time in your in your Vive. Oh yeah. You got the best. You got the best out there. I mean, not for nothing. I'm not an Oculus fan because I I've never used it. The Oculus controllers, however, seem like they're they. Have, Looks like they work pretty well. They look awesome. So I don't know if 
uh, the Vive. I think they have like a couple of concept controllers. That I've seen the on. ones that they've shipped the developers, which look really good. I'm excited for that. The ones that you can kind of like, it can mimic your yeah. your picking picking up stuff. Yep. Yeah, Fisco yeah, in it and everything. Cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So I mean, look, we we got a lot of stuff out there, and I think that some companies just don't get it, you know. And I think also with Microsoft, they dropped the ball with not incorporating any type of VR into the Xbox One X. Yeah. Oh, I agree. That was my big thing for E3 this year. That I truly thought they were going to come out and they were going to say, "Hey, PlayStation has their VR. The PC has the Vive because you know Valve owns it." We have partnered with Oculus. Right. Well, I think I thought it was going to either be that, or they were going to make a kind of like a console version of a Hololens, you know, to kind of incorporate because the Hololens is is a pretty intense piece of hardware that you know it's not really affordable at this point unless you got money to burn, but. You know, isn't that something that's going to get into the consumer market anytime soon? Probably not. But yeah. I'm hoping to see something like that. But I know that Microsoft is working with uh, Acer and I believe maybe HP to do some standalone VR headsets that are supposed to work with the PC so that you don't have to go the Vive uh, Oculus route. So I was hoping that if those were going to be coming out this year, that we'd be able to get those on a console. But yeah. again, you know, Microsoft kind of missed the ball with a lot of stuff and it was a really really disappointing time to you know look at what Microsoft has done and realize that hey they're putting out a $500 console with no titles that I can't get anywhere else am I really going to be the one sap that's going to buy this piece of hardware probably yeah because I'm that guy that you know kind of got to have it you know yeah it's just i don't know man you know nintendo is doing a great job with just the simplistic piece of hardware that just you know i don't have a complaint about the console yet other than other than not a whole huge library of games yet but that's coming you can see the light at the end of the tunnel but i mean for them they're lacking more in the first party department this time around party but i think at the same time they're usually pretty stagnant with their releases they'll do like one game a month give or take yeah so i mean we just got arms we're gonna get splatoon i believe next month you know and then you know probably some smaller titles and then we have mario which is in october so that's a pretty pretty solid lineup i'd say for nintendo in a year exactly i mean look what was the last time we had a Zelda game be a launch title for a console. Yeah. You know, that's pretty exciting. So to say that you're getting a Zelda and a Mario in the same year, it's awesome. You know, so there really isn't much bad to say. I mean, my big thing seems more to be with the third party at this point because, you know, they are pumping out games that we potentially have played on other consoles several times over. And a lot of them are still not ready, which I think is weird. You know, how do you... How is Dragon Ball not out yet? How is Steve not out yet? Right. And how is um, not out when they've all been out for you know for a really extended period of time, unless they're having development issues. 
Yeah. I think, you know, development so issues, and we don't know when they got their development kits either. We don't this know when Nintendo gave them access to that console. That's a good point. So I guess if they, let's say they got them this year. Right. You know, I mean, they could they could be six, seven months into development. That's it. So. Right. True. True. So, like, you know, there you go. That's that's another perspective that, you know, sometimes I don't think about that. But it's true because I forget that we we didn't get the announcement until this year. Like, we yep. didn't see the console until, what, January, February? Yeah. And of course, you got people honking out here. Um, New York, baby. Well, this is what happens when you are uh, recording press for time in your mobile headquarters, a.k.a. your Honda, Honda Elantra. <laughs> <laughs> Because your your AC doesn't work. Hey, that's all right, man. I got got out of the car and I'm kind of just standing around in the street. So, like, people are probably looking at me like I'm retarded and I don't really care. It's nice out. It's breezy. My sunburn is getting the breeze. Nice. I know I'm going to feel it. I know I'm going to feel it in the morning. I am going to hate myself in the morning. Oh, yeah. But it'll be worth it. It'll be worth it. All right, man. What else you got, dude? What else you got? No, that was that was really it. Getting the getting the Nintendo touched on and circling back to VR a little bit. That's that about covers it for this week, I think, buddy. Cool, man. And I think that you know we got to try to do another live stream. You know, the one that we did didn't work the way we wanted, but we will get that working because I want to be able to have numerous ways for us to kind of do some content. Um, Agreed. You know, I know it's 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 going to be quite some time until we're going to be able to be together in person at a show or something to to do some stuff which i hope we can do at some point maybe this year but until then you know let's maximize the technology we've got and you know anybody that's listening you know we appreciate any feedback as we always say the usual we want to know if you like what we're doing if you don't what would you like to see yeah tell us how to make it better that's it i mean again we're, we're figuring this out together you know, I've done podcasts before. Tyler's done them before. This is a little different because we're usually doing it with people that we're local with. So, you know, we're making it work. I think it's going pretty well. We've been getting a lot of positive feedback. Again, thank you. Um, I believe either next week or the week after, we're going to have our first industry guests. Uh, it's next Saturday, a week from cool. tomorrow, or a week from two days from now. So theoretically, that'll be for like our not next episode, the one after. So look forward to that. We'll have a special guest on. As we get closer, we will uh, kind of announce that on Twitter, and we'll throw it up on the Gaming Age website as well. And uh, we're going to start talking with some of our other guests that we have lined up. Pretty much the issues that we come across right now are time zones. Time zones are kind of killing us because... Interviewing people in Denmark and the UK... Yeah, I mean, it's awesome that we have the opportunity to do that. We just have to make it work. You know, sometimes we have to do it on the weekends to account, you know, accommodate our guests, and we're more than happy to do that. So that's pretty much what I got. The usual plug. Thank you, guys. We really appreciate all the support. Uh, we apologize again for the lack of an episode last week. It was just tough to make it happen, and we will make it up to you. So we have a couple things lined up. Uh, be sure to follow us on Twitter. It is GA underscore press for time number four. We are going to be giving away uh, some PC codes and we have some other stuff that we want to give away. We just got to figure out a good way to do that. So 
you know, be sure to follow us on there. We'll get some codes up there in the next day or so. And yeah, the usual. Tyler? That uh, that's uh that's good plugs, Benny. I like that. That was well thank done. You, thank you. Well said. Um yeah, follow us individually on Twitter. Uh, I am at that games guy. Benny is at it's Benny Rose. Um, check us out. We tweet about a bunch of stuff that is unrelated to video games and a bunch of stuff about video games. So um, follow Gaming Age on Twitter at Gaming Age. Check us out on the website. It's GamingAge.com. Uh, send us any feedback to our email inbox. That is GA underscore... Or no. GA underscore Press for Time is the Twitter. The email is Pressed for Time at GamingAge.com. Number four. Yep, the number... Four, and, and before that is it. We close out. I got something really important to say. I have been trying to get a far point gun, VR gun, for weeks now, and I'm happy to say I was able to go on Amazon Japan, get it, ordered it yesterday. Should be here tomorrow. Booyah! Yeah, well, buddy. You know who you are. People hating on me, thinking that I'm trying to jump into a fad. That gun is not a fidget spinner, okay? Only five people own it, okay? Fidget spinners, everybody's got. I'm going to be the sixth person with a far-point VR gun, and I'm happy about it. So, there you yeah, go. I just want to throw that out there. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you all so much for joining us, and we will see you next week.